This is 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, CEO of Broadstaff Talent Solutions. Brought to you by RCR Wireless News and Telecom Careers. Connect at CarrieCharles.com. And now, here's Carrie Charles. Hello, I'm Carrie Charles, your host of 5G Talent Talk. And I am very excited to have with us today Alexandra Levitt, the author of Humanity Works. Merging Technologies and People for the Workforce of the Future. And today we're going to talk about the evolution of work in the next decade. Alexandra Levitt is an internationally recognized thought leader, futurist, and consultant. She consults with Fortune 500 companies, including American Express, Deloitte, Pepsi, Whirlpool, and previously the Obama administration. She's a columnist for the New York Times and Forbes, and she's also the author of an international bestseller, They Don't Teach Corporate in College. Alexandra, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Carrie. It's great to be here. So let's fast forward 10 years from now. What will work look like? It's a great question, and I'm so glad that you gave the time frame of 10 years because that's actually how I prefer to look at it. I prefer to look at the trends that are driving what the workforce will look like in 2030. People ask me, why do I not go beyond that? And the answer is, I don't think that, even as a futurist, which, by the way, in case people don't know what that is, it's someone who looks at trends in the marketplace and determines or tries to determine what has the most potential to cause disruptions, the things that are percolating up that could hit in a big way. So... When we look at forecasts that futurists make, and we call them forecasts rather than predictions, I I think it's very difficult for us to really be able to put our finger on the timeline of of the acceleration of technology. And I think that anything more than 10 years is, is really involving a lot of guesswork about how technology is going to evolve. And at some point, we're going to, to see what some call the technological singularity, which is where technology becomes so advanced that we don't actually know what our society will look like. And so I, the reason I don't like to get too much past 2030 is because I, I think we're bumping up against that technological singularity, and therefore anything that we discuss is, could potentially go in a completely different direction. So I think the 10-year mark is a good one. And to answer the question more specifically, what I see is a very distributed workforce where people have multiple employers, multiple gigs, uh, where people are um, much more broad in their skill set, where they move around a lot more frequently from one thing to another and are in a mode of continuous learning. I see uh, everyday work interactions being driven by augmented reality, which is essentially where digital objects are placed on a real-world environment. So if you imagine walking along and, and having your uh, digital personal assistant ask you, you know, what you want in your coffee and you go and pick it up and then you, you sign the documents, um, electronically, you know, kind of through through a device, and you're constantly interacting with digital devices and, and other things that, that may not be kind of tangibly um, in the real world. So I see that the work world is being extremely exciting. I see humans playing a, a much more strategic role than they have in the past, um, meaning that jobs that, that are routine, that are rote, uh, that require a lot of um, repetition and have the potential for mistakes, are, those are the jobs that are going to be automated. And instead, we're going to have the opportunity to oversee the participation of robots. I call, I call this the human-machine hybrid team, where 
you have robots or machines or algorithms working on your team, but they're doing the more basic administrative work where you're doing the, the, the more um, strategic work where there are a lot of nuances or a lot of ethical um, guidelines and considerations. And we, we, at the end of the day, want to make sure the machine is operating according to, to how it was programmed and that it's really generating business advantage. And, and if you think about it, humans uh, are uniquely positioned to do that. And um, that's something that a lot of people won't have had the opportunity to do in the past that, that will be much more interesting and compelling, I think, for a great deal of people. So those are just some highlights. We can talk about any one of those more. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I love it. Um, you know, Alexandra, I read your book, Humanity Works, just cover to cover in one sitting and just found it fascinating. And one of the things, again, you just mentioned that um, I want to talk a little bit more about is, you know, something that I hear a lot of people having anxiety about, and that is, you know, machines and people are robots replacing humans. How is this going to work? Um, You mentioned in your book, you talk a lot about machines and people working side by side. What is this going to look like? Well, I think the, the most basic way it's going to look like, first of all, is that especially when we, we talk about 2030 and not beyond that, we're going to see uh, the integration of machines look more like chatbots. And so what a chatbot is, it's just a line of code that performs a very specific task, usually administrative. You think of an avatar that helps you when you, you go to a website. It says, you know, hey, can I help you out? What, what can I do for you today? That's a chatbot. And so a chatbot is actually part of a human-machine hybrid team, and I, I think for the most part, we're going to see the implementation of these hybrid teams look more like just having a bunch of humans working on things, and then you have a chatbot that's part of it, or a personal digital assistant, or digital assistant that's for the whole group. Alexa for Business um, just came out recently, and that's a good example of a human-machine hybrid team. You are listening to 5G Talent Talk. We're talking to Alexandra Levitt, author of Humanity Works. We're talking about the future of work. So, Alexandra... What kind of jobs do you see will exist in 2030? Um, what types of skills will be automated? What new skills will be needed? This is a really good question, and I, in Humanity Works, talk a lot about this. I think that the the person who is going to be gainfully employed in 2030 is someone who is very agile, so is able to move from one thing to another relatively seamlessly, who is in a mode of continuous learning. We call this learning agility, so the combination of being able to learn, being able to simulate information, and being able to do so very quickly in response to business demands. Uh, the person is creative. They're able to solve um, unique problems that haven't existed before while taking into consideration ethics and morals because these are the things that machines aren't able to do. They only do what they're programmed for. They, they don't consider, well, how does something look from a reputational standpoint, from a brand standpoint. And these are things that we're going to need humans to do. And this is why uh, in in Humanity Works, I talk about the concept of human in the loop. Wherever you put a machine into a human process, you need a human behind it to design it, to build it, to manage it, to fix it when it breaks, and to figure out how to redeploy it. And so that's a lot of people that are going to need to be involved, even as you add machines to handle some of the more administrative tasks. So... I actually think that the job of the future is going to be one that's very nuanced and much more strategic than we saw human work being in the past for the majority of people. And so the key question, Carrie, is going to be not our job going to exist, because it will for humans, absolutely. The question really is, can humans prepare themselves 
to adjust to this new work world where different things are going to be expected. And I think that some groups are going to have more of a challenge than others. Some personalities are going to have more of a challenge than others. It's a changing world, and our ability to adapt to that change is going to be key to our success. But it's not that all the jobs are going away. There's going to be more jobs than ever. It's a matter of can we adapt to those jobs. So let's talk about the company culture of the future. This is definitely you know, a key point that all companies are focusing on right now, diversity, inclusion, and belonging. And, you know, we just hear so many buzzwords these days. But in your in your opinion, what will the company culture look like in, you know, five to 10 years? Well, I think that's still going to vary company by company. Every company has a unique culture now. And what's going to be very, very important is that you communicate your culture very, very actively. Because I think right now we take for granted the fact that you might have a physical location and you walk into an office and you kind of get a sense of the culture by talking to people, by walking around. And in the workforce of the future, you're not going to have as many of those opportunities because many more people will be working remotely. You might not even have a physical location. So it's going to be all about expressing what your culture is about both to current employees, prospective employees, customers, any other stakeholders. And I think the ideal culture is one that's very innovative, it's one, one that's experimental, one that's agile, um, one that supports the role of the individual and understands that that role needs to be customized according to what people are going through in their individual lives at that moment, understanding that there's, there's kind of no such thing anymore as a career where you go from point A to point B to point C, everyone's going to have their own and they're going to have their own life circumstances that affect how and when and where they're available to work. So a, a good company culture is going to be respectful of that and recognize the most important thing is that you have great talent that's loyal to your organization and knows your business. And then once you've got that, you can be flexible around the specifics, what those people are working on, when they're working, how they're working, etc. So, But I do think that, that the, mo- the more important fact here is not that what culture is, but the fact that the culture is going to need to be communicated much more directly, I think, than it is today. So we're talking to Alexandra Levitt, author of Humanity Works on 5G Talent Talk. And Alexandra, in your book, Humanity Works, um, merging technologies and people for the workforce of the future. And 5G is definitely a, a new technology that is going to change the way we work and live. So how do you feel that these advances in technology are going to change the workforce? Well, I think it just makes us much more efficient um, to start. And you think you have um, faster connectivity and you have a variety of apps that can make your job easier. And um, we ha- are seeing the rise of what are called applied technology skills which are different from IT skills. IT skills mean you know how to program, for example. You know how to build an application. You know how to run data analytics, and you know how to read, read the report. Applied technology skills doesn't necessarily involve the specifics of technology, understanding how it works, but it involves understanding that you can leverage technology in a given space to solve a business problem. So the fact that you could identify yes, I know there is software out there that can help me um, solve this problem. And then you you figure out how to deploy it. And so everyone in every situation, every role, company, industry, anywhere in the globe needs to have these applied technology skills. 
And as you can imagine, they need to be continuously updated because every year technology is advancing very quickly. And so we have to keep our eye on what's happening and how it's relevant to our industry. And it's not something that you can learn once and move on. You have to be continuously out there monitoring what are the new developments and how do they apply to, to my business specifically. But the, the workforce in the future, I think, will, will only benefit from technology for the most part in that productivity and efficiency and effectiveness um, and our ability to just do so much more with less will go up. One thing that I do get concerned about, Carrie, people always ask me, like, what keeps me up at night? And it's never what, it's never what people think. And what people always think it is is, you know, there won't be jobs for humans, which as we've discussed, that's, that's not going to be the case. But what I am worried about is burnout. I'm worried that technology will enable us to do so much more work, so much more quickly, that we're just going to keep working because we live in a society where it's productivity-based, and the more productive we are, the better. So I'm concerned about people's inability to separate themselves from being able to just turn out constant work and be constantly on, and the psychological effects of having so many applications to keep track of, so um, so much information coming at you on a second-by-second basis. Um, this is where I, I actually am up at night <laughs> thinking about this idea. <laughs> Interesting point. Um, I agree with that. I, I want to talk about now... Um, you know, bring it back to today and look at how do business leaders prepare for this? You know, how do we adapt and lead in this new world of work? How do we adapt and lead is is a great question. And I think modeling agility is the first thing, recognizing that we have to constantly reconfigure how our teams are structured, recognizing that employment engagements are going to be much more short-term, that you might have full-time people, but they might not stay full-time for very long. They might move into contract or freelance positions. You might be moving people around from, from one role to another, and that that's normal and expected. And to embrace these changes as things that are positive for the workforce, that are going to be good for your people. So having a positive attitude around it, I think is critically important instead of being afraid or saying, well, this isn't going to impact us now, so we're not going to do anything. Uh, because I think that that doesn't give people confidence in their ability to march forward in, into the future. And so as a leader, it's your responsibility to, to be a role model um, in that respect. And I think just taking small actions. I, I say in the book, you know, I, I don't tell any company that they have to overhaul their entire operation to take advantage of virtual work or flex work or contract work, for example, or to do strategic automation where you're figuring out what you're going to automate and what you're not. There's no need to think that this has to go into 100% effect right away. What I recommend that leaders do is take a small project and strategically automate a, a certain function and then pay attention to your results, monitor your progress very carefully, and then ascertain how effective was it and how can you improve? And then you figure out how to expand it to, to further areas. So it's not something that you have to do all at once. Just like little babies, I, it, I compare it to when you have a baby, you don't have to learn everything about being a parent right when the kid is born. And it's the same thing with these future of work trends. You, you don't have to know everything about everything that's going to happen in the next 20 years right now. You just have to know, okay, well, this is a process where we have technology that could, that could benefit. Let's implement it. Let's see how it works. And then we'll move from there. But what I do see companies doing, Terry, is not doing anything. It's almost like analysis paralysis. Mm-hmm. Like They feel like there's so much to do and there's so much technology that could 
could help or that they feel overwhelmed and they do nothing. And that is the wrong way to go because you're just going to get further and further behind if you do it that way. We are speaking today with Alexandra Levitt. She is the author of Humanity Works, Merging Technologies and People for the Workforce of the Future. And today we're talking about the evolution of work in the next decade. So, Alexandra, um, this has just been fantastic today. Um, great information. I've learned a lot. And I, I really want the uh, our listeners to know where they can get in touch with you, learn more. I know you have a podcast called Workforce 2030. And also mm-hmm. your website is alexandralevitt.com. That's alexandralevitt, L-E-V-I-T, dot com. And our listeners can purchase your books. Um, again, the Humanity Works, phenomenal book. I've read it cover to cover. Merging Technologies and People for the Workforce of the Future. So, Alexandra, thank you so much for being our guest today. You're very welcome. I look forward to hearing from people who have questions or thoughts or just insights of their own. And thank you for listening to this episode of 5G Talent Talk. I would love to connect with you. As always, you can reach me at carriecharles.com. And don't forget to tune in next week for another episode of 5G Talent Talk. Till next time. You've been listening to 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, CEO of Broadstaff Talent Solutions, brought to you by RCR Wireless News and Telecom Careers. Connect with Carrie at carriecharles.com. <laughs>